Welcome to the Weekly Sermons Podcast of the United Methodist Church of the Resurrection. We are a church with a vision to be used by God to change lives, strengthen churches, and transform the world. We are on a journey to know, love, and serve God. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. What comes to mind when you hear the word angel? Halos? Wings? Celestial beings descending from the sky? What if there's more to angels than the ornaments we hang on our trees? The word angel means messenger, and they're mentioned hundreds of times in scripture. They bring messages of comfort, peace, and joy. And who doesn't need more of that today? Sometimes the Bible says when we welcome strangers, we welcome angels without even knowing it. So let's discover now the angels found in scripture and the role they might just play among us today. Hello, my name is Robert Johnson and I'm the location pastor at our Leewood location of Church of the Resurrection. It's an honor and a joy to be back with you bringing the message for the weekend. I wanna begin today's message by showing you a clip of uh, my favorite Christmas movie. I have two movies that that are basically equal in favor for me in terms of Christmas movies. One is called The Bishop's Wife featuring Cary Grant, and the second one is The Preacher's Wife, featuring Denzel Washington. Take a look. Lord, if you're really up there, I need some help. Wow. You okay? This is the story of an angel. My name's Daddy. I'm here in answer to your request. My request? For help? A preacher (gasps) and his wife. This is Dudley, the Reverend's new assistant. Who sent you exactly? The top man himself. Now that's what I call good looking. My toilet is broken. Let's see what I can do here. What they needed was a miracle. They never had a siren. They got him instead. Take your wife out dancing. Can't do it. Not tonight. You go. Henry? From director Penny Marshall. You get out as as much as I do. Oh, less, even less. I guess I don't have to ask if you had a nice time. We had fun. Remember what that used to be. Denzel Washington. I've seen the way she looks at you. Really? I mean, really. Whitney Houston. You know you love him. Yeah, he knows it too. That's the problem. So what does the sheep say in this play anyway? Good to see you laugh again. It's nice to have a reason to. I want you to leave. Check the angel handbook. Wait a minute. Hey, Henry! What was that? It wasn't me! The preacher's wife. Next thing I want to do in this message for today is I want to begin the message by doing something that any smart associate pastor would do if you want to win on a sermon. That is, quote, your senior pastor. So first, I want to remind you of some things that Pastor Adam has been saying to us over the past few weeks. First of all, he said to us that angels can be both celestial or they can be earthly. And I really appreciate that. I consider that as a gift from him because he's making the idea of angels both practical, but also affirms our belief in the possibility of celestial angels because I believe in angels. 
I believe in celestial angels and I believe in earthly angels. Let me take a risk of telling you about a couple of stories uh, that might be problematic for those of you that are still trying to figure out if I'm sane. <laughs> First of all, in 1990, newly married, I was working with the Texas Employment Commission as an employment interviewer with the Job Corps Division, recruiting students to Job Corps. And one evening in Cold Spring, Texas, which is basically the middle of nowhere, I had finished recruiting a student at his home and was on my way back to Houston, and which is something that has happened to me many times in my life. I ran out of gas and my car stopped and there I was in the middle of nowhere. The sun was setting, it was very close to night. I had not seen a car for several minutes in the middle of nowhere and fear, fear began to set in. I began to think about all the horror stories I had heard growing up in Mississippi about what can happen to a black person when you're caught on a lonely road at night with no one, no one around. So I sat there and fear began to set in and I had no idea what I was going to do. And I looked up and in my rearview mirror, I saw an immaculate brown Mazda RX-7 drive up. I kept looking, the car stopped and out of the car steps this man who looked like Thor. <laughs> he walked up to my car and when he got to my car, I rolled down the window and he says, you out of gas? And I said, yes. And he says, wait right there. He goes back to his car and gets a small gas tank with a funnel top and begins to pour fuel into my car. When he finishes, he says, give it a try. And I try it and immediately my car starts up. And he says, let it run for a minute. So I sat there and let the car run for a minute. And then once I knew that I was good and fine, I prepared, I got out of the car. And when I got out of the car and looked back, he wasn't there. It was like he had totally vanished. Now, I don't know if he was a celestial angel or just an earthly angel. What I will tell you is that I'm glad he showed up that night. My second story is a story about my oldest daughter. In the first year of her life, we would allow her to sit in a playpen and play with toys, safe toys, when we had other tasks we had to do. And there was one particular toy that all it took was a, a minor touch and it would start to play nursery rhymes. And one night we put Giselle to bed and Linda did what she routinely would do. She went around and turned off all the toys, both in the pen and on the floor. And we put Giselle to bed and we went back into the den and began to relax. I was watching TV, Linda was working on some project. And about 45 minutes later, that toy starts to play a song. Linda jumps up, goes over to the toy to check to see if it's on and the button is on off. We pause for a minute and then we run into Giselle's room. And when we get into her room, she's burning up with fever. She's sweating. So we wrap her up, put her in the car and take her to the emergency room. And Linda's OBGYN was there that night and he took her in and began to care for Giselle. 
And he asked us, what made you all go to check on her? And we told him the story and he chuckled. He was a believer. He chuckled and said, God sent you an angel. I don't know if that toy was just malfunction or if an angel really did show up. What I will tell you is we're grateful for our daughter that she's still alive and healthy. And I tell that story with some trepidation because I do dare not tell that story with any kind of boast or gloat in any kind of way as they might do in some Christian communities. I know that people are listening to me right now that maybe you've lost a child. And so I don't tell that story to say God showed favor to us and not to you because I know God doesn't love us any more than he loves you. That's some, some things we don't understand. What I can tell you is that we're grateful that somehow, some way, uh, something happened that night and that we still have our daughter to love and care for. So those are just two stories that I wanted to share with you. I hope you think you, you accept those and those are okay with you. But now I want to move and quote Pastor Adam in a different way. Another thing he said to us over the past couple of weeks is that angels are messengers. And one of the messages that they come to bring us is the same message that was brought to Mary. We quote Mary when she says, we refer to her as being blessed and highly. She says of herself, I'm blessed and highly favored. And we think of how she offered herself and said, Lord, let it be with me according to your word. And sometimes we don't dig into the angst of that moment that Mary knew that she was uh, going to uh, suffer uh, gossip, negative gossip, that she knew that this would be scandalous in her community. She knew she had to face that. And so along with uh, surrendering herself to the call of God, Mary also had to deal with fear. And so when the angel comes or the angel not only announces to Mary that you're going to give birth to this special son, to this son of God, but the angel also says, and this is what Pastor Adam said to us last week, God is with you. Don't be afraid. Nothing is impossible with God. Friends, I want to suggest to you that every visit from an angel comes with that essential message. God is with you. Don't be afraid. Nothing is impossible with God. I don't know what to make of either one of my angel stories. I I don't know what to make of them theologically or intellectually. I just know that they both confirm that God is with me, that I don't have to be afraid, and that nothing is impossible with God. And that doesn't mean that everything is always going to work out my way or that all of my experiences are going to be positive. It just means that even in a broken time, even when things are hard for me, that I can trust that God is with me to not be afraid and that nothing is impossible. As Pastor Adam preached those words to us last week, I felt the emotions of our room and I knew people were listening and tuning in because that's the message I think we all crave to hear. That's the message we all want to know. That this message is so important for our times. It's especially important for our times because we live in a time where people are traumatized. I was talking with Dr. Rebecca Child. She says that trauma is when you experience something too early, too long, or too soon. And it overwhelms you. And I asked her, do you think our society is in trauma? And she says, absolutely. And that's why we see so much anger. We see it on cable news networks. We see it on the highways. We see it in stores. We see it in restaurants. We even see it in our churches that people are angry 
And it's like everybody is at the end of their rope because people are traumatized. And I think that the world needs to hear this message that God is with us, that we shouldn't be afraid and that nothing is impossible with God. We need angels to give us this essential message so that we will have the courage to live right side up in an upside down world. Being reminded of this message will help us to live into the fullness of who God has called us to be. We will set our hearts to accomplish greater things if we live with the constant awareness of this message. I mean, what would we dream if we lived with the awareness that God is with us, that we don't have to be afraid and that with God, all things are possible. What dream would we dream or dream again? What visions would we pursue? What fears would we face? What opportunities would we explore? What problems would we attempt to solve? What relationships would we initiate or restore? What gifts would we give? What barriers would we break down? If we knew God is with us, what walls would we break through? What wounds would we forgive? What illnesses would we heal? What sins would we confess? What if we really lived with this awareness? God's with us. From what behavior would we repent? What grudges would we release? What steps would we take? What questions would we ask? What challenges would we overcome? What truth would we speak? Who are the people we would help? And what oppression would we oppose if we knew this, if we live with the awareness God's with us? We don't have to be afraid. With God, all things are possible. How much more deeply would we love? How much more faith would we have? How much more hope would we hold? And how much more alive would we be? Friends, I, I think we need more angels. We need more angel visits. As a matter of fact, I think we ought to pray for more angels to show up. I think we ought to pray for our children that angels would be with them. I think we ought to pray for our grandchildren, our moms, and our aging parents, and our leaders, our leaders in the church, that angels will be with them reminding them that God's with them and that they shouldn't be afraid. They don't have to be afraid and that with God, all things are possible. But here's the thing. I don't think that we're waiting on God to send angels. I think God's always sending angels. I don't think we're waiting on God to give us angels. I think God's waiting on us to see the angels that he's already sent. I mean, isn't that the story of the Bible over and over again? Angels show up and people don't recognize them until they're gone. It's such a prominent theme in scripture. It's like what happens with Jacob at the place called Louise that he renames Bethel because he says, the Lord was in this place and I didn't even recognize it. Or what happens to the, a couple of the disciples on the Emmaus road? They didn't recognize Jesus until after he had vanquished. Listen to the scripture. When they came to Emmaus, he acted as if he was going on ahead, but they urged him saying, stay with us. It's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And after he took his seat at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. 
And they said to each other, weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road and when he explained the scriptures, Jesus was with them and they didn't even recognize him. Dr. Seuss, of all people, is attributed with a quote that says, sometimes you don't know the value of a moment until the moment becomes a memory. The prophet Elijah discovered that God had way more angels than he ever imagined. The prophet Elijah goes to God and says, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one who's still faithful. I'm the only one who's still loyal to you. And God comes to Elijah and says, I have 7,000 who've never bowed to Baal. The servant of the prophet Elisha was given into fear because he was unaware of the angels until Elisha prayed for him. And he opened his eyes and saw angels all around them, knowing that they were, and, and they gave them the assurance that they were protected. Our main text for this message, listen to what the writer says, don't neglect to open up your homes to guests because by doing this, some have been host to angels without even knowing it. God sending angels, may we notice. But how can we get better? Is it possible to get better at knowing when angels are around? Let me give you three things as we close. Number one, pay attention. Angels are everywhere. We just miss them often because we're too busy. One of the most well-known appearances of an angel in the Bible is in Exodus when Moses encounters the angel of God in a burning bush. And I love what Rabbi Joseph Telushkin says about this story. He says that God appearing in a bush was to teach us that no place is devoid of God's presence, not even a lowly bush. And that the earth is full of bushes on fire with the presence of God. We just got to pay attention. Rabbi Harold Kushner, whom you may know from the book, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People, says of this story in the burning bush that maybe God was telling Moses, was testing Moses, God was testing Moses to see if Moses could pay attention. Moses had to pay attention to the fire, but then he had to pay attention long enough to notice that neither the flame nor the bush were being consumed, that something awesome was happening. And once Moses slowed down, and paid attention, then God spoke to him. Friends, I think God's calling us to slow down, to be present, fully present, to pay attention. And when we do, we'll see the angels that God is sending to remind us that he's with us. Number two, I think we need to ask God, ask God for grace to discern between authentic angels and false angels. I bet you can remember experiences in your life when you invested time and energy in the wrong people. And because you were investing time and energy in the wrong people, it caused you to miss the right people. We miss angels sometimes because there are so many false angels. Just because angels are everywhere doesn't mean they're in everything and every person. And just because someone comes to us with the message of an angel or with the guise of an angel doesn't mean they're really operating 
with God's agenda, sometimes people want to use their influence with us to gain access to us and influence us in the wrong ways. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians, such people are false apostles and dishonest workers who disguise themselves themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. It is no great surprise then that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Sometimes a person may be an angel from God and may just fall into the temptation of abusing that power and influence. You saw the movie clip at the beginning of this message. And in the first movie, the bishop's wife, uh, Cary Grant plays the angel. And the clip you saw, you saw Denzel Washington. What happens in the movie, they both sent by God to help the preacher or the bishop, but then they stray. And both of them become attracted to the bishop or preacher's wife. Friends, let me tell you that if somebody shows up as an angel, but they're trying to steal your wife or your husband, that's most definitely not an angel of God. And we need to know that we have the authority to judge or assess angelic activity. Even Paul says in 1 Corinthians, don't you know that we will judge angels? Number three, we're more more likely to encounter angels when we're acting as angels towards others. This is exactly what happens with Paul in our second scripture. Paul is seeking to live out his call to be a messenger. He encounters a community of people in Galatia who then become angels to him. And in turn, by their willingness to serve Paul, the Galatians experience one of God's chief of angels in Paul. And then it ends up being hard to determine in this passage who's being an angel to whom. But I think that's exactly how God wants this world, that we are engaging in the work of angels towards each other, so much so that we're all being angels and we're all being blessed by angels. And nobody can tell who's the angel. How much better would our marriages, our friendships, our work environments be if we all began to be angels to one another. Listen to what Paul says in another place, keep loving each other. Well, it says in Hebrews in our scripture for the day, keep loving each other like family. Then Paul says in Romans 12, love each other like members of your own family. Be the best as showing honor to each other. And in so doing saints, we can create havens where instead of being constantly at each other's throats, we are outdoing each other in angelic service. And we will learn that the more we live as angels, as messengers of God for others, the more we will encounter angels who will remind us that God is with us. I think this is so important for us as we head into the election cycle of 2024, where there will be so much hate, so much vitriol, maybe even violence. But I think God's inviting us, God's calling us to be his angels and to do so in such a way that we're both being kind to others, but also experiencing kindness in return. And we create islands of joy and hope and love in the midst of the madness. I know I said about 
three things I want to share with you. Actually, there are four, and this is the last one. We will see more angels when we practice radical hospitality towards strangers. I want to go back to our main text. And the text says, welcome guests as if they are part of your own family, because in so doing, you may be entertaining angels. Strangers, friends, are just people who are different from us. For some of us, the stranger is a black person, a white person, or a rich person, a foreigner, a person challenged by some profound disease. I love the way the writer of Hebrews provides us with a healthy balance. He encourages us first to love those within our community, but then says, extend that love to the strangers and we're gonna be surprised by angels. I wanna give you three examples in my closing of times that I run into these people who are different but I find them to be angels who encourage me to know that God is with me, to not be afraid and have faith that with God, all things are possible. It was just places I go whenever I wanna feel God's presence in the same way that many of you all may walk into our sanctuary or into our chapel. And when you walk in, you expect to encounter God's presence. That's what happens to me when I go to the healing house. These men and women who are struggling with addictions, and some of them are formerly incarcerated persons, but they're all people who are profoundly broken in different ways and just trying to find their way through the darkness. But when I'm around them, especially when they're worshiping, I feel God's presence when I talk to them, it never fails. When I talk to them, when I look them in the eye and talk to them, I hear the voices of angels and I'm encouraged. I also see it when I want to experience angels, when I want to feel close to God and experience God and, and people who are different. I like to go to Matthew's ministry. And when I walk into that space, and I see the beautiful people, angels are speaking. And I feel God's presence. And I see God's presence. And I rejoice. I want to show you a film clip of just how beautiful the people of Matthew's ministry are.
Yes. I want to encourage you to go, to make time to go and hang out with people who are radically different from you. And just wait, watch, listen. I like to hang out in the commons. That's my last place I want to mention to you where I go. And when I walk through the commons and I see people and I try to be an angel, love on people, laugh, make people laugh, make fun of myself so that others can find some joy. And then I sit and talk with people who may be available. And God always shows up from people who look different from me, people who may talk different, people who have totally different backgrounds and experiences. But God shows up in people who are in some sense strangers to me. And the commons is a special area. I've got to tell you this story as we close and we're going to pray for this person. In 2015, a young lady by the name of Shireen showed up on the campus of Resurrection, kind of wandered in. And she went to the cafe because she didn't know where else to go. And she ran into Joan Gunter. Joan's an angel. And Joan's paused her work. If you've ever walked to the commons, you see how busy Joan can be. She paused and prayed with her and listened to her. You know, Shireen ended up joining the church and is still a member of this church and still rejoices that God led her to resurrection and led her to Joan Gunter. And listen to just a bit of a letter that she wrote. Lord, she wrote a letter to the Lord. Thank you so much for saving me on New Year's Eve of 2015. Thank you so much for giving my life back to me and putting me back on the right path. See, Shireen walked into the building that day contemplating suicide. Stopping by resurrection was her last stab at hope. And she ran into an angel. And now she is a part of our fellowship and is being blessed. As a matter of fact, I reached out to Shireen and Joan and asked them if I could share their story. And Shireen says, absolutely. I love resurrection. And I'm so grateful that Joan and that church have helped me find my life again. She went on to say in a communication that she's in California as we speak. She's about to head back to Kansas driving She's worried about the weather. So she says, please have my church to pray for me. So as we close that, I want to invite you, as we pray, I want to invite you to pray for Shireen. Pray for Joan. Pray for resurrection. And pray that we'll see more angels. Let's pray. God, thank you for showing up in unfamiliar places. Thank you for catching us by surprise. Thank you for going to our darkest places and planting seeds of hope. Thank you for reminding us daily that you are with us. And that will give us courage to live in a way that gives you glory and to attempt great things for your kingdom. May it be so. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you're able to join us next week. To learn more about Church of the Resurrection, visit us online at core.org. That's C-O-R dot O-R-G.